This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. This morning, uh, this is Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, uh, I was up in the morning uh, brushing my teeth at about 8.30 or so, because I had to go to work. Uh, yeah, even you know, even a lot of people do, do get the day off, but a lot of people still had to go into work the Friday after. It was going to be a pretty easy day, and it turned out to be such. There wasn't a lot of stuff going on. It was quiet. I got to sit and draw, and I got to work on my show notes for the show, be pretty much uninterrupted throughout the day, and then I could leave early, which was great. Anyway, so this morning at about 8.30, I was uh, brushing my teeth when uh, I, I was startled by a rather loud boom. Uh, in fact... It sounded as though something hit our house, something big, uh, or maybe a car crashed into a tree or something outside, or some. It was it was a big, loud boom, and it. I wouldn't say it shook the house, but it did seem to me as though something hit the house or fell. Something heavy fell inside the house. So I run upstairs, toothbrush in hand. And Amy is in our bedroom, looking out the back, uh, the window, looking out the actually would be considered the front window, looking around. And the two of us looked at each other and said, almost in unison, "What the hell was that?" I checked in on my son, and he was stirring in bed, but he wasn't. You know, he just—I don't think he heard it, or it might have woken him up. But uh, he just waved to me and and you know said, "Happy Thanksgiving" or something. And, uh, you know, he had the day off of school. Isn't, he not, isn't that nice? Well, it was weird. And so I, I head downstairs. I put on my slippers, and I go outside, and I walk around the house just to see if there was any damage, see if I could figure out what the sound was. Uh, yeah, because I thought, you know, if it's somebody that, you know, maybe Amy fell out of bed or Hayden fell out of bed or maybe a dresser fell over or something. I don't know. But that's, but it even sounded bigger than that. But I go around the house. There's there's no damage, nothing I could see, and I can't see anything in any neighbors. There's no car crashed anywhere, and I'm, I just look around. I don't see any other neighbors outside looking to figure out what that noise was. So, didn't really think that I, I, I well, the thing I thought it might have been 
was that we're not all that far from some railroad tracks, and sometimes they hook up cars nearby or they, they kind of slam together, and they could make a, a loud noise. But, boy, this was something. I'm telling you. Well, head to work, and about, I don't know, 2.30 in the afternoon or so, Amy called me at work and said, uh, found out what the big boom was. And I said, well, well what was it? Uh, a house exploded on the east side of St. Paul. Now, Amy and I, we live in Hayden, our son. We live on the east side of St. Paul, but it's a big side. So it wasn't necessarily right next door. Uh, she found out that it was, she told me the intersection was at, which I won't even bother telling you because I'll put, I'll link to the article on the show notes page and you can, you can check, read the article. But, um, I mean, if you're not from St. Paul, it's not really going to make much of a difference to you what street intersection it was. But I had a fair idea about where that was. And I said, hold, you're, you're shitting me. She says, no. I said, that's, I don't, that's what, four miles from where we live? So I went online, looked for the story, and then I looked up the, the intersection at which this house was located. And uh, it, it's, it, it's about three and a half miles, as the crow flies, from where we live. And we heard that, that explosion that loudly. And it, and, 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 so, loudly enough that we both thought something hit our house. Nothing hit the house. No damage to the house. But the house that blew up, holy smoke. I mean, it's you're completely devastated. There are houses, uh, uh, at least I think the house next door uh, was heavily damaged. And there may have been another one that was damaged. Uh, and they, I believe they've been condemned because of the structural damage. And now it might be jumping a little too far ahead here because uh, the story is still pretty early, but uh, there was some heavy damage to the neighboring houses. And uh, so they figure, uh, at least when I saw the report uh, online, that uh, the, the authorities are about 95% certain it was a natural gas leak that somehow got ignited. And, uh, you know, although you know, they're not absolutely certain, but that's pretty close. And that's pretty characteristic of what, what you would see with that kind of an explosion. Um, we do live fairly close to a house that had its water heater explode uh, and rocket out through the house. It went right up through the basement, you know, the, the, you know, the floor above the basement and up and out through the top of the house. Uh, that was many years ago. That, that's only a, like a block and a half from here. There was a house that had that happen. Uh, so yeah, these things it can kind of make you a little nervous. So watch, keep pay attention for that smell of the natural gas smell. You, you smell that, that rotten eggs kind of smell. Ooh, get out and call authorities. Now, turns out, at least as, of, as my recording of this, that uh, there was one person that was, that was injured in it and apparently not terribly uh, nobody was killed so that's pretty that's pretty uh, um, incredible when you consider the amount of damage done to that house it was it was absolutely just blown apart so wow and, and can you I mean 
that's how loud it was here, three and a half miles away. So we thought something hit our house. Can you just imagine what it sounded like across the street? That just must have been absolutely uh, um, uh, just deafening. Just wild. Just wild. So, <clears throat> speaking of wild, uh, did you... I didn't catch the game. Did you catch the game? Uh, it's it's football season now, and oh boy, do I miss baseball. But it's football season now. Professional football is going on. College football too, but I'm not as... I'm not a big a college football fan. It's just, meh, okay. Um, foot, so the there was a game on Monday night this past week. And it was between the Los Angeles Rams and the, the Kansas City Chiefs. And it was crazy. <laughs> also on the show notes page, I'll link to uh, the highlights for it. It's about 16 minutes, 17 minutes worth of highlights from this movie, now, uh, from the game. Now, that's a way to watch a football game. Just watch the highlights. I mean, just get a three-hour game done and, and that. that that's, you know, that's a good way to watch it. But anyway... The, I, I woke up the next morning and uh, put on the radio, or the radio wakes me up, and, and, and uh, it's a clock radio thing, and it's on the sports talk station, and I woke up hearing what the score was of the game the night before, and the score was 54 to 51. That's pretty out, unbelievable in football. Uh, you can get some high-scoring games, but it's the first time ever in the history of the NFL that two teams playing each other both scored over 50 points each. And it's the first time that a team who that scored more than 50 points lost the game, which is fairly obvious because it's the first time that both of them scored over 50 points. One of them lost. You know, there wasn't a tie. One of them lost. Uh, you know, you're, it's going to be the first time some team has scored that many points and lost. It was... So I had to check it out. So I go in and check on the YouTube. It's got the uh, the highlight film, and I was watching that thing. And my f- initial reaction when hearing that score that morning was, boy, that was quite the defensive struggle, being sarcastic. Not a lot of defense in that game. But actually, there was defense in that game. Uh, the, the, both these teams, uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs, is considered uh, probably the best of the AFC. Uh, I can't think of another team that's quite as good as them in the AFC. Uh, in the NFC, the Los Angeles Rams are up there, uh, but I but I give I give the edge in that uh, conference to the. New Orleans Saints. I think I think we're going to see the New Orleans Saints in the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl this year. I think we're going to see that. But we still got some time. However, there were plenty of sports experts that were saying that that matchup on Monday night between the Rams and the Chiefs could be the matchup in the next Super Bowl. So it it, it was it was anticipated to be uh, 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 an exciting game, a fun game, an entertaining game, and it certainly was. But it was crazy, just watching how that uh, how that happened. And as I said, there was defense in that game. Uh, tw- uh, let's see, 
There were three touchdowns scored by the defense, which means that uh, you know um, there was a, a, a what's called a pick six. That term has been around for a while. A pick six. That means that the the defense intercepts a pass and runs it in for a touchdown. Six points is what you get for a touchdown. You can either go for just a, a kick a point f after to get the extra point to get the seven, or you can try to run or pass it into the end zone and uh, you know have somebody catch it in there, of course, and get an extra two points. So you can end up with eight points for the touchdown. Well. So when there's an interception like that, that's a score, they call it a pick six. Now there's a new phrase that's come up, and that's called the, the scoop and score. I've been hearing that all of a sudden. Now I don't know, the phrase might have, been going, might have come into the vernacular uh, a while ago, and I'm just noticing it now, but it seems like it just came out of nowhere. Just scoop and score, and that means the uh, um, the defense forces a fumble, and one of the defensive players is able to pick up the ball and run it in and score a touchdown. And that happened in the game as well, and that happened twice. So there were three touchdowns scored by the defense. So and, and two of them were for Los Angeles. They got the pick six and a and a scoop and score. And one was for then for uh, the Chiefs, which was a scoop and score kind of situation, and uh, that was if you if you think about it, if you eliminate those points from the defense scoring, then you could argue that the Chiefs had a better offensive game because the Chiefs well they would have won because you take the 14 points away from the 54 and the seven points away from 51, you've got a, a You've got a, a, a 40, uh, <laughs> 44 to 40 victory for the Chiefs. Of course, that's assuming that no other scoring would have happened, and who knows what would have happened if that, you know, what if those scores didn't take place. But my goodness, I just watched that game, and when you watch those highlights, and there there was an interception, the pick six. Uh, I think it was the pick six. Well, there was an interception that I think it was the pick six for Los Angeles, where the defender bats at a pass. You know, it's, it's the 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 Goff. It's the Goff is the name of the guy, guy that's a quarterback for the Rams. He's trying to pass it over his this the defender's head to get it to his guy, but the defender was able to bat the ball. And in doing so, the ball bounces off one of the Kansas City players, the guy that you know, the, the defender and the Kansas City guy. They're they're butting up against each other, and this guy bats the the, the Rams fellow bats the ball. It bounces off the chief player, back to the guy who had batted the ball, and he has he has the reflexes and the presence of mind and the training and the talent and the know-how and all this stuff to be able to scoop the ball out of the air. And realize, hey, I can run and score a touchdown, and does it. It's amazing. And that guy, the Rams player that did that with the pick six, he was also the guy that did the scoop and score for him. It's the same player. I don't have his name written down, but it's the same player. So he scored two touchdowns in one game. That's very unusual for a defensive player to do that. It's it's, it's very unusual for a defensive player to score a touchdown. But to score two in one game, oh, it just it it was just back and forth. Uh, it looked like the Rams were going to pull away, but the Chiefs 
catch up and then the Chiefs go ahead and it just, you know, there was a boneheaded play at the end where um, the Chiefs' defense had forced the, the, the Rams to punt and the ball, instead of allowing it to just hit and go into the end zone for a touchback, which would bring the ball out to the 25-yard line, the return guy catches the ball, backs up into the end zone, and then runs ahead and gets knocked out of bounds at the 15-yard line, costing his team 10 yards. It's kind, of, but but I guess the kind, the way the game was, the adrenaline must have just still been going through all those players and just pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed them, and he just. I'm gonna go for it, <laughs> and just didn't do it. And there was a there was a couple interceptions that uh, the, the the Chiefs had at the end of the game that stopped a drive, and uh, there was one that stopped that that last drive that they had a chance to maybe um, you know score you know score field get in the field goal range and tie it up, send it into overtime. How 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 exhausting would that have been, or score a touchdown and win the game? It's just. It was something. So I will link to it on the show notes page. You go to uh, dimland.com and you click on the sh- on the show uh, um, the blog option and you'll get to the show notes. That's dimland.com. Click on the blog option, you'll get to the show notes. Uh, and you know, hey, and as long as I'm doing a little self promotion here, you know, uh, Dimland Radio is on iTunes. You can subscribe. Uh, or you can go to Podbean and pick it up there, and you could check the other places where you get uh, uh, get your podcast, and maybe you'll find me there. Because I've known other people that have found it on other podcatchers. I guess that's what the kids call them. And you could check it out. And if you do like the show and download it, and want to keep listening, um, why not go to iTunes and leave me a good review with five stars and all that? It'll help me out. And boy, I'd really like to get some more listeners. And I'm not sure how to go about doing that, but uh, um, it would be cool if I could get a few more listeners. Uh, anyway, um, I'm going to take. I'm going to head to break. Oh, and before I do, I listened back to last week's show, and I had a little misspoke. <laughs> A misspeak, a mis, uh, a miswording of just one little sentence, and I wanted to correct that here before I go to the first break. I was talking about my parents' new red car being blue, which it is blue, uh, and I mentioned I meant to say that my mom realizes now that she'll never have a red car because they're in their 80s. This is going to be the last new car they're ever going to own, so she'll never own a red car. Uh, but I, for some reason, said that she'd never own a blue car when obviously she does own a blue car because that was the whole point of the story was that the red car was blue anyway things happen i don't have somebody catching my errors before i can correct it right away so i have to i hear them on the playback and go oh dang it <laughs> uh this show will be played in the chat room if you're listening to this in the chat room you already know that uh but uh, uh last week was an, a download exclusive only because uh we went my wife and i went on a rare date to go see uh dana gould comedian stand-up comedian it was very funny he was very funny very very funny and um and and the uh the the featured comedian a young woman that opened for him i forget her name damn it she was also pretty funny as was the host of the thing you know they have like an mc come out and do a few jokes do about 10 minutes and then he introduces the featured act and then he then when she's done he comes out and introduces the headliner he was funny. It was really, it was a good night. Uh, I had a good time, and I got to see uh, a couple of friends, and I uh, got to see my friend Dave laughing a lot, and Amy almost in tears laughing so much, and I was laughing quite a bit too. Uh, Dana Gould, 
Very funny. You ever get a chance to see him? He's very funny. All right, uh, I have uh, made it to my next, my first break. You are listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. Uh, I shall return after this break. of dog, adder's fork, and blind worm's sting, lizard's leg, and howlet's wing, for a charm of powerful trouble, like hellbroth boil and bubble, this brew be ye only salvation, from your favorite radio station. <laughs> You're listening to Z-Talk, Radio Night. <laughs> First there came radio, and it was good. Then it got bad. Then there came satellite radio, and it was okay. Then it got too expensive and kind of sucked. Now there is something new, something better, something free. Stitcher Radio for the iPhone and BlackBerry. With Stitcher, you can hear all the shows and podcasts you can imagine. Rate them and build your own station. No downloading, no syncing, no problem. Just pick a station to get started, like American news and politics. Now, look at the shows you have to pick from. Pick one and start listening. Like it, make a favorite, and start your own station. Don't like it? Thumb it down and say bye-bye to shows like it. Or thumb it up to find more like it. Plus, you can search and find your favorite podcasts. We have over a thousand shows to pick from. Stitcher Radio, the natural evolution in audio listening. And it's free. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. If you don't clean up your room, the Board of Health is going to condemn it. The Board of Health doesn't even know about your room. What's more, they don't care. You know, if you keep making that face, it's going to freeze that way. Not unless you're someplace really, really cold. Actually, a lot of the warnings moms hand out are a bit exaggerated. If you don't get your blood pressure checked, you could have high blood pressure, not even know it, and you could die from a stroke. But she's right about that one. Fact is, high blood pressure contributes to 200,000 American deaths each year. And a third of those who have high blood pressure don't know it. If they did, it'd be simple to treat. Call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1 or visit AmericanHeart.org on the web to learn more. Better still, ask your doctor to check your blood pressure. If you run with those scissors... It's the least you can do. You know, if I can maneuver into a tight parking spot at the mall, I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the mall twice today already. 
You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, my friend Craig, listener to the show, uh, elder in the Minnesota Skeptics, and friend of mine. I mean, away from here, not just Facebook friends. We're friends. We hang out on occasion and go over to his place, watch TV shows and such. And then, of course, there's the meetups of the Skeptics and, and stuff. He's a friend. We chat frequently. And the other day, he popped up in a little chat box on the uh, on the Facebooks saying I'm confused and he linked to a story that's it's a local story it's a, it happened in St. Paul here in Minnesota the great state of Minnesota the North Star state oh, yeah, that's right and the Gopher state and uh, some other states I'm sure um, he he said I'm confused, and he linked this this story that you may have heard of. I guess it went uh, it was a video that was shared on Twitter, and it went viral, and it caused a bit of a commotion. Um, what it uh, was, um, apparently, fairly recently, uh, there was a, a group of uh, I don't know three, two or three African American young men who were refused service at a Chipotle. And the, uh, the one of the young uh, men involved in this took to Twitter with a video showing the manager saying that she, she, you know, she wasn't going to make the food for them, they had to pay first. And they levied certain allegations that this is a racist kind of thing because they were African American, she was white, but... So this video went, went viral. And uh, Chipotle caught wind of it, the parent company, and they fired the the manager. And you know that was you know, that's kind of a okay. What's going on here? However, people on the internet uh, and Chipotle itself, I'm sure, you know, they said they did some investigating, and I'm sure that there were employees working at the store that said, no, 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 this is what happened. Um, I'm sure she told him, said, look, these guys, uh, we're pretty sure it's the same group of guys who have been in here before, and they grabbed their food and took off without paying. And so, you know, rather than just saying, get out of here, this, she's saying, you know, you have to pay first. I need to know you've got money and you're going to pay for this. And so they took offense to that, and they fought back by saying this is some sort of racial thing. And I don't want to get into deep into that, but that's what happened. Well, the internets can be a very useful thing because uh, uh, stuff that's out on the internet is out there forever, and people can find it. And so some Twitter users. Uh, brought this to the attention of Chipotle saying, hey, this same guy 
who was saying, you know, this, this you know, that they were refused service because they were black, has in the past and going back, I guess, a while, has talked about dining and dashing. You know, they get their food and they take off without paying. He's talked about this in the past. I think he even tweeted specifically about doing this to Chipotle. So I'm sure Chipotle, the management, the, the owners, the big, the upper guys uh, and gals, looked into this and saw that, wait a minute, um, you know, we may have acted a little too rashly and they rehired the manager and they they made a public apology to her on the internet on the internet they did say she should have followed the procedure that was prepare the food but make sure they pay for it before you give it to them uh, that's how they how she should have done it however you know even though she didn't follow it that way this was not it was not right for them to fire her and they put her in a, in a bad position publicly and they apologized to her for that now, I don't know if there was any kind of other sort of bonuses or uh, raise in pay or anything like that, maybe. But, uh, okay, so that's that's the story. That's where it sits, and I'll, I'll link to that. You can check it out. Now, here's the thing that I really wanted to talk about, and it's about language. You know, we do, we do get the idea that language is fluid. You know, I talked about in the first segment, I said there's this scoop and score. I'd never heard that before. That's a new phrase to me. Now, the phrase may have been around for a long time, but it's new to me. I don't have any problem with it, I guess. I, I don't have a problem with pick six. and you know, But it just seems like all of a sudden, boom, there's this phrase. And I've been hearing it. And I didn't hear it earlier in the season, maybe because there aren't a lot of times when players scoop and score. But here it is. And, you know, a phrase has to start somewhere. Right? So maybe it's this season that just caught on. Maybe a phrase that went to back a couple of years, a long time, but it just seemed to have caught on this season. I don't know. It might just be that it came to my attention this season. But phrases start somewhere. But I also like this. And so that, that points to, you know, language is fluid and things kind of change. And, you know, before we know it, an acceptable spelling of the word woe will be W-O-A-H, which that's not how it's spelled. But anyone under the age of 35 spells it that way. So when they take over, <laughs> that's just going to be how it is. And they'll just say to me, language is fluid. We change in the end. Okay, but you do need to be careful when using language, when stating something so that a person understands you. And I started off this segment by talking about Craig saying, I'm confused. The link he sent me had both a video that was the report on the CBS local affiliate here in, in the Twin Cities, a, a station called WCCO, uh, The Evil Neighbor. <laughs> well, that's their radio. They call them The Good Neighbor on the radio thing. At least they used to them. And we, a lot of times, refer to them as The Evil Neighbor. They're not evil. They're just old. <laughs> now I'm getting close. I should probably listen to that station. Anyway, um, so on the... On the TV report, let's see, make sure I get it right, what they said. Uh, well, what Craig was confused about, he didn't watch the video report. He read the article that was with it. And usually the article that's with it is 
maybe not word for word what you see in the in the video clip but very close and so he says he's confused and he he pulls a quote from the article uh, says the manager tells the african-american this is the quote <clears throat> Uh, quote, the manager tells the African-American men they need to pay for their food before getting it, unquote. And Craig says, doesn't everybody have to pay before they pick up their food at pretty much every fast food restaurant? Craig, take out the pretty much because it's yes, at every fast food restaurant, you pay for your food before you get it. This line... She was requiring them to pay for their food before getting it. it. Was yeah. Well, somebody's complaining about that's how things are done. Now I don't know if you've been to a Chipotle or Subway, one of those restaurants, uh, but and I'm sure there are other ones that are in, in the same mold. Now what happens at a Chipotle is you walk in, you go up to a person, uh, that, you know, behind the counter. There's a long counter. You start. You're at the one end. You start making your burrito at the one end, and then as you get down the assembly line, you get to the register and you pay for it. So the first person you're there, they, you tell them what you want. I want a you know, fajita burrito and you know, no beans, just the fajita stuff, the veggies, and, and some rice. And put it, you know, so they get the, they, they, they heat up the, the, the tortilla, they put the initial fixings on there, they ask you what kind of meat you'd want on it, if you do, and you know, tell them. And then they pass it down to the next person. And that person puts all the condiments on there, the cheese and lettuce and sour cream if you want that, and whatever hot sauce you want and such. They, they put that on, and then they they bundle it up into the into the uh, aluminum foil, and they'll write your initial on it or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Like they'll put chicken on there if that's what you got, or they'll just tell the person at the register. They pass it down to the person at the register. The person at the register bags it, makes sure the chips are in there and anything else you, you might have gotten, a drink or something, and then they ring you up and you pay for it and you take your food and go. Now these fellows must have somewhere in that going from the person making the burrito, handing it off to the registered person, they must have grabbed and gone. At least that's what I'm thinking they did. But you still, you the food, so that's how that goes. And at Subway, it's the same kind of thing. You walk up, you tell them what kind of bread you want, then you tell them initially you know, what meat you wanted or cheese you want on it, and then it moves down the line with all the rest of the condiments put on there, all the rest of the, you know, the lettuce and black olives and whatever, down the line to the register person, and they bag it up and charge you, and then you, you you pay for it and take it. At McDonald's, they pretty much have a set menu. You just tell them what you want, and they, you pay for it, and you go up to, the, if you go to the drive-up, you go to the next window, you go to the first window, pay for it, you go up to the next window and get your food. So it's just, that's the way it always is at fast food restaurants. If you go to Perkins or Denny's or High Buck restaurants or something like that, and you sit down to eat your food, they feed you, and then you got to pay when you're done. That's 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 where you pay when you're done eating. And that's also where the dine and dash is can happen a lot because the people will try to figure out how to get out of there without paying their check. Paying the bill. So so I understand Craig's confusion. I'll read the line again that's in the article. And I'll link to this on the show notes and you can see it unless they've changed it by then. The line in the article is, the manager tells the African-American men they need to pay for their food before getting it. Now, if Craig, you know, and since Craig didn't watch the video, there's something different in the video. 
in the video, and I wrote it down as well, uh, da, 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 da. the video says instead of saying getting it, they say preparing it. Uh, they say, you know, before preparing the food. And so that's that's what was going on. Um, you know, they they needed to pay for the food. Okay, here's here's what here's the line. The line in the, the report is they need to pay for their food before it is made. The article says need to pay for their food before getting it. So that's what led to the confusion. It's it's it may be indicative of the state of reporting these days and for a while. Uh, there's a local radio guy. Well, he's not on anymore. He's doing a podcast now, but he worked in newspaper and quite often he would be reading some article for a topic on his show and he'd talk, you know, just to jumpstart it and then he'd have callers call in and they'd all kibitz on what they think about this article and and all how, how nasty the liberals are. <laughs> Sometimes that's how, what they did. But quite often, this host would say, you know, the state of reporting these days, he'd have questions. Why isn't this answered? Why, isn't, why do I have this question? I need this. Why isn't this little bit of information in there? And, and it'd be, it would be something that you would think, that ought to be in there. That, that should be definitely part of the news uh, pro, uh, you know, process, the news gathering process and reporting. Why isn't this information in there? And it's it's usually a fairly pertinent question, I think. And I don't I don't. Whenever I've heard him give those examples, I have I can't think of any that I thought ah, that's not that important. It's just you being an old fart, you know, and wanting it your way. No, usually it's yeah okay yeah that makes sense. Why wasn't that there? That reminds me. In the old days of watching TV news, and I don't watch a lot of it anymore watch the morning stuff, I get the weather report, and I try not to, you know, I catch some new stuff on Facebook, and I and I try to have, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to have just one side of the source of news. I like to see other stuff. I have friends that are uh, different in their thinking and politically, and I have conspiracy theorist friends, and I have, you know, liberal friends, conservative friends, middle-of-the-road friends, and, and I want it that way. I want some things that I might disagree with and look at and, and say, you know, maybe maybe find out I'm wrong. You know, I, I don't want I don't want to build a, um, an echo chamber on my Facebook page, and I try not to do that. Uh, it's not always easy because sometimes you get really tired of listening to the conspiracy theorists. <laughs> Let me tell you, but um, in the old days when I wa would watch the nightly news. They did this a lot, and I think I know why they did this. I don't know if they do it so much anymore. They would have a reporter live at the scene. Usually, they were, you know, if it's the 10 o'clock news, whatever was happening at the scene has long been done, and there's really no new news to get out of that scene. It's just that they tell the reporter to hang around for the 10 o'clock news so they can do a live report, which really isn't much of a live report because what they do is okay you got the anchor in the studio there they do the initial lead-in for that news story and then they go to you know Biff Tannenbaum live on the scene and they say Biff what can you tell us about whatever it was and then Biff starts talking 
and then he throws it to a video that was produced earlier in the day. And they play that for the next 30 seconds, 45 seconds, or however long the news bit lasts. And once that video bit is done, it goes back to Biff out in the field. He does a little wrap-up, and he sends it back to the studio. And this is what used to happen so often, and it used to bug the hell out of me. The anchor back in the studio would ask a question of the reporter that would be more information from that. It'd be if it like the reporter standing on the steps of the Capitol, which nobody's in anymore, but he's standing on the steps of the Capitol. Earlier today, the legislature passed, uh, you know, passed this new this bill that will have new regulatory something dealing with business, and. Uh, so, uh, it, you know, it, it's headed now to the governor's desk. If he signs it into law, you know, it, it, to wait for his signature, whether he'll sign it or veto it. And it sends it back to the anchor. And then the anchor says, uh, um, so if the governor signs this into, into law, when, when does it go into effect? Well, that would happen on January 1st or July 1st or something. And it's like, why, why, did, you, why did you leave that little piece out so that the anchor could could ask you the question. That's why. So the anchor could ask a question to have this interaction between the reporter in the field and the anchor in the studio. I guess. It's, otherwise, it's bad reporting. Why didn't you tell us that bit? If this is passed into law, it will go into effect next summer or whatever. That, that, that's always, that always bothered me about the news. I don't know if it happens much anymore. But it used to happen all the time. There was one particular anchor on uh, one news channel that we watched a lot that did it almost every single time there was a live report. He would always have a question. Anyway, now I have a break to go to. How's that? Second break of the night. Made it. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Different Simmons. I shall return after this break. Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. Hey, I almost forgot. It's it's time for... It's quiz time on Dimland Radio. Everybody got your pens ready? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question here. It's a multiple choice answer. Uh, 
Can you name the person who said this? That's why I don't eat friggin' lobster or anything like that, because they're alive when you kill it. Was that A, Mahatma Gandhi, B, Jane Goodall, C, Albert Einstein, or D, Snooky? This has been Quiz Time on Dimland Radio. Wash your hands often to reduce the spread of germs and disease. To wash your hands properly, wet them, apply a quarter-sized amount of liquid soap, and rub them together for about the time it takes to sing the Happy Birthday song twice. Wash the front and back, in between your fingers, and under your nails. Dry them with a paper towel if possible, and then use the paper towel to turn off the faucet and open the door. If soap and water aren't available, use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. A message from the CDC. <laughs> We're scaring up a good time on your favorite radio station. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, and let's get to uh, this show's... And now it's time for a Dimland Radio pedantic moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. Yeah, this show's pedantic moment. <clears throat> Uh, we turn to the world of advertising again, which I know most people don't watch ads, but I do, and that's because um, I don't know. I need pedantic moments. <laughs> uh, well, that's part of it. Uh, and uh, there's an ad for uh, Ford trucks, uh, the the F one one fifty and the SR something or other, you know, just they've got a number of trucks. And the ad, it's the longer version of the ad, and I'll link to it in the show notes. You can watch it. And you can witness for yourself the pedantic moment. Uh, the ad starts off uh, with uh, the uh, song by Jerry Reed called "Eastbound and Down." That's uh, that's the the big song from the Smoking the Bandit movie. Uh, the first one, anyway. And it's a nice rollicking tune. It's a good driving song. It's fun, and I I like the song. I think it's I think it's I think it's a happy hook 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 filled song that just you know it's good. I like it. Eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking. And it's so it shows all these trucks driving along a desert highway, a four lane wide probably some section of the interstate zipping along. I'm assuming they're going eastbound because that's the song. But that's maybe they're going some other way, but I don't care. But the song says eastbound and down, so that's where they're going. And, you know, they are 
there's a bunch of trucks, pickup trucks with stuff in the back, or they're they're pulling trailers. They're you know hauling. Uh, one of them's hauling a, a, a big boy, you know, figure thing. You know, from the big Bob's Big Boy restaurants. It's carrying one of them, and another one's got some sewage pipes uh, on a trailer behind it, and it's just they're zipping down just a massive trucks in each of these lanes, and then toward the end of the ad. The voiceover comes on and says something to the effect of whatever party you've got going in the back, we've got the business up front. Meaning, well, it's a reference to the mullet, which is one of the worst hairstyles ever created by man. I just, I remember being, you know, in the 80s and working at Wendy's and the mullet became a thing. And I remember looking at them and thinking, what, do they charge you extra to cut the hair in the back of your head? I mean, you just got your hair cut. Have them cut the back stuff. Oh, no, man. It's cool. No, okay, whatever. Um, I was an old man even then. So, uh, the, and what the ad is referring to is that, you know, these, whatever you need to haul, you know, these four trucks have the power to get you there. You know, they, they have the power to get you down, ease you down the road. Eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking. The only thing is, when the ad starts, look in the lower right-hand corner. The words pop up in that corner that read, Professional Drivers on a Closed Course. Do not attempt. What? Do not attempt? Do not attempt to do what? Drive a Ford truck? Is that what we're not supposed to attempt? Because they're not they're not doing any stunt driving. There's no there's no coordinated moving in and out and passing each other and spinning around. There's no Rockfords being done. They just they're just driving in the same direction. Nobody's even changing lanes. They're all driving in the same direction. They're in their lanes. They are going you know, the same speed, you know, they're keeping up with traffic, and they're just driving. So is Ford telling you, look, we want you to buy our trucks, we just don't want you to drive our trucks. Unless you're a professional on a closed course. Because we do not want you to attempt to do this. I don't get it. <laughs> is that what they're trying to tell us? Okay. Still a nice song for the ad. It's nice to hear it. Uh, there's a shorter version of the of the ad on YouTube that just has the, the the disclaimer that says professionals on a closed course. It doesn't have the do not attempt after it. The longer version, the minute long version, has the do not attempt on it. It's clearly right there in the corner. I mean, what what I, again? I've well, I've established it. They want you to buy their trucks, just not drive them. Okay, uh, I haven't talked about movies in quite a while. I used to make a movie recommendation almost every show at the end of the show. I used to do that for quite a while. Uh, but I haven't done it in quite a while as well. So uh, I've got two that we just watched. Uh, we, uh, Amy and I watched this first one, and then Amy and Hayden and I watched the second one. Now the first one I'm going to mention is called The Machinist. It's from uh, 2004. It's directed by Brad Anderson, and it stars Christian Bale. 
uh, and it's uh, there's also also starring in the film with him is uh, Jennifer Jason Lee and uh, uh, what's her name uh, Itana Sanchez Guillon I think I think that's how you'd say the name but um, Christian Bale uh, plays a, a machinist, a fellow who he works in a factory, a tool and die kind of place, and he, you know, works at a machine, and and uh, he it's a it's a psychological thriller. Something's going on. Uh, he is he losing his mind? Is is somebody, you know, after him? Uh, there's an accident that happens in the uh, in the factory. That just prior to it, um, uh, Christian Bale's character, a fellow named Trevor Resnick, is the name of the character. Trevor just meets this new guy in the factory. There, he, he's out taking a smoke break, and there's a guy in the car next to him, having a smoke break. And this guy seems a little shady, seems a little off. But the two of them talk for a bit, and he heads the guy had the new guy heads back into work. His name's Ivan. He heads back into work, and then, and then Trevor goes back into work. And at some point, he looks over and he sees Ivan working on something, and he does the gesture, the the uh, you know, the finger across the neck, you know, like you're you're gonna be, we're gonna kill you, that kind of thing. He does that gesture, and Trevor just gives him his what the, and then this accident takes place, and then the movie begins to spiral from there. There's something about this Trevor guy, though. Um, he hasn't eaten properly or slept properly for a year. Uh, he's he is, and this this is this is the warning that you need to have if you're going to watch this movie. Now we got it on DVD for, through Netflix, but you might probably be able to get it on Amazon or iTunes or something like that. You be prepared because. Christian Bale, uh, to play this part, lost 62 pounds. He's about six foot tall, and he so he went from 182 pounds to about 120 pounds. He lost that weight in just over four months. He lived on water, apples, and coffee with an occasional whiskey. According to Wikipedia, he was taking in calories, daily calories, daily calories of Anywhere from 55 to 265, I believe it was. The recommenda recommendation of calorie caloric intake per day for an average person is 2,000. I mean, this is this is absolutely starvation diet, and he it's he is really really thin. You can see in his face. You can see the the skeletal structure of the skull you can see those bones around his eyes you can see that you can he just he, uh, he it's it is it is scary how thin he was and that is that is part of the mo that's probably the most disturbing aspect of the film is looking at him and knowing that he did this to himself to play the part you about 15 minutes into the movie, you begin to just be accustomed to it. Although once in a while, when the lighting is just right on his face and you see that bone structure, it does—it's—it is jarring. 
but it's very it's the movie is really good it has a hitchcock kind of feel to it um you know you don't know you know what's real what's is he losing his mind is something really happening to him what's going on so you have those questions going on and i'm not i don't want to give away anything about what happens and and the resolution of the film like that i don't want to give any of that away um it's it's really pretty good uh but you will take some getting used to seeing christian bale and he finished up production on that movie and then he had to bulk up and muscle up to play Batman in Batman Begins about four months after that. And he wanted to, according to Wikipedia, he wanted to get down to 99 pounds, but the filmmaker said, no, no, we don't want you to die. <laughs> I think, I'm pretty sure, I didn't say that in Wikipedia, but that's, I'm adding that because I think that's probably what we're thinking. No, Christian, we don't want you to die. 99 pounds, that's that's insane. So, but it's, it is a good movie. And there's something interesting about the musical score. The musical score feels anachronistic. This movie is made in 2004, and the music feels like it's from a 1960s Hitchcock film. And I, I do believe that's per, on purpose. Amy said, "Oh yeah, that's got to be because you know because it just the there's a there's a part of the beginning where he's working on he's working at one of his machines, and there's a there's a deep I don't know if it's an oboe or a bassoon or something that plays really low." I don't know. Do oboes play really low? I don't know. But a bassoon does, doesn't it? There's a. It's the the just hearing that, and I thought, boy, that sounds like that doesn't seem to fit for the the time period because that doesn't. Hmm. Okay, I have a second movie. Uh, the second movie is called Good Time. It's from 2017. Uh, this stars Robert Pattinson. Uh, he's uh, you know Team Cedric from the uh, Harry Potter movies, from Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Um, it, oh, he's also in the Twilight movies. We you know, have to forgive him that. He's actually a very good actor. He doesn't. There's another film he was in called The Rover. You should check that one out. But this one, uh, Good Time, it's about uh, one day and one night in this character's life. His character's name is Connie. Connie has a brother who has uh, who is mentally challenged, and the two of them rob a bank, and they get away with this money, and that's about the last time anything goes quite right for Connie and his brother. And it just it there's there's some dark humor to it, but it's just it's one bad decision to another. It's one uh, uh, you know forced decision to be made on the fly what's he going to do how is he going to get through this night what's his plan he doesn't have a plan and when it's when it's done you know he's a he's a criminal type you know and he's, he's, he's probably lived a life where he did criminal type stuff all his life and i you know and i turned to my son when it was over and i said you see you know it may not be as exciting living a law-abiding life but you don't go through that if you live a law-abiding life, you don't go through that. It's really good, and it has a cameo in there by Jennifer Jason Lee. Two movies in a row watched. We said, hey, Jennifer Jason Lee's in this one, too. Um, the, the, the movie is directed by two fellows. They're brothers. His name Josh and Benny uh, Softy. Benny plays the brother uh, with the uh, mental um, challenge. Uh, issues and uh, and and Jennifer Jason Lee's character. She's the the girlfriend. She's kind of an older woman girlfriend for uh, Robert Pattinson's character, and she too has some mental uh, problems. And um, 
Pattinson also lost weight to play the role. Not nearly as much as Christian Bale. I guess he's just not as dedicated. Uh, and, he, and Pattinson saw a film done by these brothers, and he liked it so much he contacted them and says, I want to be in something that you guys make. I want to be in it. And so they had this, this movie on the back burner. Uh, they weren't sure. It was going to be a prison film at first, but then they redeveloped it. Good Time refers to uh, prison time when you, you, you uh, get out early because of good behavior, because of the good time you did. Uh, so it refers to that, and so they adapted it to um, uh, to use with Robert, and and it and it really works really well. It's really good. It's very good, uh, and and it, it does have a dark bit of humor to it. Okay, I got three cool things before I get out of here. Uh, this you know, I talked about last week. Uh, Stan Lee died, and it was one of the three cool things. Not that he died, but his legacy, his life legacy of the work of Marvel Comics and the movies and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I mentioned that there was a podcast uh, that uh, was, that I was being taken part of, The Assault of the Two-Headed Space Mules, uh, a tribute podcast to Stan Lee. That one has been released. That's cool. Um, the second cool thing is I made Hayden pretty pleased. This was a little while ago. Driving in the car, see, I'm not really a fan of a lot of the music he likes, but he keeps trying. He plays that. He says, "What'd you think of that one?" I said, "Well, that wasn't that terrible." Uh, <laughs> uh, and he played a song for me uh, called uh, "Baby, You're a Haunted House," and I think the name of the guy who recorded it is, is Gerard or Gerald Way. Uh, he used to be in a band called uh, My uh, My Chemical Reaction or something. I think that's what it was called, which I'd heard of. Uh, but I don't know if I know any of their songs. But I heard that, and when the song ended, he said, what you think of that? I said, well, that one's going on my Spotify. And he said, really? <laughs> and later on, Amy said, he was very happy when you said that you were putting that on your Spotify. I said, well, I like the song. It was good. It had the stuff I like in music. Uh, and number three, it was Thanksgiving. It was great to see some family, get together, have some turkey, and uh, watch some football and uh, hang out. Uh, it was great. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving, and uh, I hope you've had at least three cool things happen uh, to you. Good night, Adolfo. Good night, Frau Blucher. Three cool things this past week, we'll say. Anyway, so be skeptical, and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com, and I'm, I am your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. Check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Just to remind you, the names of the two movies, The Machinist and Good Time. Check them out.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, I'm going to hell. <laughs>